0: Stick around to the end of the show in about 20 minutes and I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing marketing podcasts. Let's go.
1: Leverage to Scale listeners, welcome to the show. You are in for a treat today, uh, not because of me. I'm your host, Dan, for this episode, but because joining me is the CEO of a company called Kith, who does some amazing work in the reputation management crisis communications Because obviously right now, whenever you're listening to this, we're either just coming out of COVID or we're still in it or something's going on. There's always a crisis going on somewhere. So the CEO of KIF, Bill Coletti, joins me today. Bill, welcome to the show. Dan, it is
2: awesome to be with you. It's always good to talk uh, talk about. We're going to talk about readiness as well as we'll talk about crisis and and my entrepreneurial journey. So I look forward to a yeah. great conversation with you.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, so readiness, that's a huge thing, especially, you know, we couldn't have seen the pandemic coming necessarily. I mean, some people did and like they're the experts in it. But in all honesty, we, like, when it's hit, we had no idea. So that readiness is so important to make sure that the next crisis that we face is there. Yeah. So um, yeah, we'll get into that to help the entrepreneurs listening. But Bill, first, tell me real quick, just fill me in a little bit and fill the listeners in a little bit on who Kith is and who uh, Bill Coletti is.
2: Awesome. Yeah, so Kith is a crisis communications and reputation management firm. Um, I've been an entrepreneur and run my run this firm for six years now. We started it with one client basically out of nothing. Um, I had left a large global public relations firm where I ran a, a global the global crisis practice for them and thought there was a different way to deliver the service. And that was the birth of Kith um, six years ago. Um, I grew up running political campaigns the first half of my career and now do comparable things in a corporate communications
1: context. So it's interesting that you like, you've got the political, uh, history and then corporate history where you saw how it didn't go as well as it should have. And then you're like, you know what? I'm just going to do this thing. Is that why you started GIF then just to, to do it better?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, uh, but I I think every entrepreneur's journey is also is driven by a couple of things. I don't know if it's one thing is that I've got a better mousetrap, so therefore I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Is there was also necessity? The big firm that I was at was changing. I got passed over for a senior leadership role, and so I think all of those, you know, and I got a divorce, and so I don't know which one of those you want (laughs) to connect as the. Thing of going on the entrepreneur's journey, but I'd never go back. I mean, I've I've become a feral cat. I, I can't I can't work for anybody. I can't work for anybody anymore. Um, yeah. But it was it's it's one of those reasons. And we'll um, maybe with some better therapy, we could unpack exactly which one it is. But it's <laughs> one of those three. I became an entrepreneur,
1: and I think that's what podcast conversations, interviews, dialogues turn into as therapy. So we'll maybe we'll do a new one for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Bill, it, that's. So I, I get like why you started the business, where you were in that, what keeps you going? What's your, why your responsibilities as an entrepreneur, like wh- what motivates you, Bill?
2: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome question. We have spent, we have used this season of COVID really to, to dial in on that and it's transformed and it's changing. Um, so my why previously had been is that I've had a rich experience of, of being in high stakes crises, both political and a corporate context. And I want to help companies that don't know what they need, don't don't know what to do next. And so that had been my why for a long time. My why is now evolved is that how can I help communicators, people at the senior levels of an organization that are responsible for the reputation and the voice of a company how can I make them better? How can I make them show up during the crisis? How can I make them show up in better um, to their leadership team, to their board, to their stakeholders? So we have pivoted, we still do crisis response, which is what you know me for, is the company something breaks and we come running as firefighters to, to fix it. But really my why is to help communicators be better business people and be better leaders um, in, in really serving their organization. So it's really become about the people as opposed to about the company. Um, we still do that. We still work for the company, but I've really focused in this phase of my career on how we work on the growth and development about what makes great communicators.
1: It's really interesting how that shift can happen even in a, like Kith is successful, but you still saw a need to, to grow and, reevaluate your why and let that evolve. That's, that's pretty powerful. Um, yeah. How, how was that evolution for you? Was that tough to go? We got to make this a little bit of a shift.
2: Yeah, it was tough. Um, so I've always liked the one-on-one counseling that I do with CEOs, what I do with communications teams, with leadership teams. I've always enjoyed the one-on-one counseling besides the firefighting. I mean, when you're firefighting, you're not doing much coaching and counseling. You're just putting out the fire and you're, yeah. you know, very much tactical always really enjoyed working with leadership teams to getting them to their why and to articulate sort of, sort of, this is where we're trying to take our company and kind of a bigger picture thinking. So, um, when you're known for one thing and have grown my business based on reputation and referral, when you're known for one thing of being, you know, one of the top firefighters in America, um, yeah, it's a little scary when you start saying, that's not going to drive my marketing engine. My marketing engine is really going to be driven by something else that people are like, okay, I've known him to do that, but I don't know him as that. Mm-hmm. And so that's a challenge. So it's, yeah, that's frightening, um, yeah. to leave 80% of rev- 80% of revenue on the table and say, we're not going to do as much of that. We're going to do this thing that we've never, ever articulated before. So yeah, very scary. Uh, to be. For bringing, uh, uh- uh, thanks for bringing that up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> That's what a good therapist. I mean, podcast host does. Um, so, <clears throat> so I love that. Why? I love how that shapes that. Um, and you said earlier readiness for those communicators, for those executives and for those companies, because it's not if it's when, Yeah. you know, instead of having to firefight, why don't we prepare? Am I right in thinking that's how that difference
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, and the old thinking was that readiness manifested itself with a bunch of binders up on the back shelf. And so people would have one inch binders for the airplane crash, the data breach, the sexual harassment, you know, shooter on campus, whatever the scenario is. You'd have this sort of listing of, um, of scenarios and you pull off the book, pull the book off the shelf and do your thing that's just not the way we do it anymore. Things are too dynamic. There is no corporation in America that I know of that had a COVID-19 plan. There's nobody had a plan for this. None of us. Yeah. And if they did, it was like a 45 day anomaly um, in contained geographically in and, in, in, in particularly in Asia, but not, not what we're go- not, what are we in the sixth, seventh year month, month of this? Thing. Right. <laughs> right. And so and nobody had a plan months. for that. So, we think readiness is more about resilience. How do we create resilience in an organization? And it's the way I talk about it is in the context of, you know, you and I middle-aged guys, we go to our, our cardiologist. We either had a heart attack. We've got a family history of a heart attack. Um, or we know that we probably are a little bit at risk. The doctor is going to say, you need to just diet and exercise. You can't get there just with diet. You can't get there just with exercise. You got to do both and go on this dual transformation. And so we think what really makes organizations resilient in a crisis is twofold. One, get your basic blocking and tackling down. It's things you and I've talked about in the past, just crisis response. Who's our spokespeople? What are some holding statements? What's our chain of command? Are we ready as a team, internal communication sort of the practical elements of crisis communications The value add, which is the exercise, so that's the diet that you got to get right. The exercise is getting really, really honest about risk. Get really, really honest about the things that can impact your organization. And that requires communications to align with operations. And they typically only need each other when something breaks. So think about a major corporation, head of communications, overseeing lots of different verticals and responsibility for lots of different disciplines sure. within the organization. They don't need the person that runs sector five until something breaks in sector five. But if the leader of sector five and the communicator came together and were aligned around risk, and then they mitigated those risks. Plus if it hits the fan, they're ready at a practical level. That then is the diet and exercise which makes the corporation resilient, just like you and I, after we see our cardiologist makes you and I resilient. We do it with both of them. Too often people just go back to your point about planning too. Often people just think about the plan and, and that's not going to get it done because it's a lot more complex to be cardiovascular healthy and also really a lot more difficult to be reputationally resilient.
1: Yeah, readiness is about resilience. Uh, Listener, go back, hit rewind a couple of times and go back and listen to all of that because there was so much good stuff in there, uh, Bill. Well, well said, man. And, and again, like so timely, right? Where we are today, having that resilience, being ready is so important. Um, so, so let's dive a little bit, in, dive into uh, your journey a little bit, Bill, as an entrepreneur. What, what is one of the biggest challenges you've faced as an entrepreneur?
2: Yeah, saying no. It's mm. it it's staying disciplined and focus on the things that really matter. Back to your brilliant question about the why staying so focused on that because my discipline and what I do, you know, I've got some political experience and so I've run some campaigns. Um, and so sometimes people ask us to do. Uh, issues management, not necessarily a crisis, you know, a merger and acquisition or, or a new plant siting, sort of these things that are just thorny business issues that need to be accomplished. They're issues management. Or someone comes to me with a cool social media monitoring idea. We all need social media monitoring, there's tons of tools out there, and I'll go jump into that. So I spent the first three years of the past six, um, you know, running to the shiny objects. So the <laughs> ability to say no and stay focused. Um, on my discipline, and and really articulating that discipline um, is is one of the greatest challenges uh, that that we've had, uh, movement, that I've had as a leader to figure that out.
1: And, and I heard you say at the beginning of it, it goes back to your why, understanding it, and Sorry. really living that out. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, other was, the other thing, which
2: the other thing is that I'm I'm working with a a, a a gentleman right now who's on an entrepreneurial journey. Um, is I kept. My eyes open for two or three years for a job. I still talked to headhunters. I still talked to, you know, uh, people that were recruiting in my network, and I entertained those, and it took my eye off the ball. And so it was about three years ago where I just said, you know, I'm not doing that. This is really awesome what we're building, and let's just do this. The young man I'm working with right now you know, here's that siren. He wants to be an entrepreneur, but he has that siren call of, well, here's a six-figure job. It lets you do what you're really, really good at. We've got all this infrastructure to support you. And that's, that's enticing for a lot of people, uh, particularly when you're fumbling around, screwing up and not serving your community really well. It's easy to say, <laughs> sure. maybe it'd be nice for someone to tell me what to do.
1: <laughs> yeah. Go back to a real job rather than an entrepreneur. Absolutely. But I'd never go back. And
2: I don't think you'd go back either. I'd never yeah. go back. I mean, it's, uh,
1: yeah, I'm I'm unemployable. A feral cat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I've never heard feral cat. That was a, that was great. That was absolutely perfect. <laughs> yeah,
2: you will never be domesticated and sit on your grandma's lap. <laughs>
1: right, right. So if you look back over the last year, then I mean, you've made this this shift. You've done some really amazing work. Um, if there's anything, is there is there anything that you would redo over the last year?
2: Um, I'd do it faster.
1: Yeah, I'd really do it faster. We are, um,
2: so we're talking in the middle of the summer. We've got an October 2020 launch, um, where we're going to revamp our website. We really got crystal clarity on three, four very distinct business lines. Um, I would have done it faster. Um, we have grown so wonderfully and I'm so gratified by the team that we have by and, and friends through referrals and reputation is how we've grown, but I would do, um, I would do it faster. I would get to clarity um, quicker, um, I, but probably nothing else specifically that I can think of. I mean, there's tactical ideas. I should have done a podcast three years ago before everybody's done a podcast. <laughs> but no, nothing really specific. Um, yeah. uh, some things like that. But but really get put put more gas on the engine or more gas on the fire
1: would have been yeah, what yeah. Would have Do it do it faster. It's- spend more resources in it, that kind yeah. of thing. Make mistakes, um, make mistakes quickly. Yeah. You can't, yeah, but you can't be afraid to make mistakes as an entrepreneur, can yeah. you? Like you got to do that. Not at all.
2: Not at all. They're, they're, you can't, You and, and that's one of the things that corporate America is not really good at is that we try to de, corporate America tries to de-risk every decision. And the way you de-risk a decision as an entrepreneur is fail fast. Um, corporations don't really, They talk about it but they don't really um, uh, excel in that space of failing fast.
1: Yeah. And how important is the second part of that to to learn quickly? Like fail fast but then learn, right?
2: Fail fast, learn quickly, reevaluate, do do post-mortems, absolutely ask questions. How do we transform each experience? into something positive and and too often we don't investigate our experiences enough to truly see that they're transformational. We just sort of say, yeah, that didn't work. Let's move on. Or yeah, that was awesome. Let's do it again. There's there's learnings, positive and negatives on things that were successes and positive and negatives on things that were failures. But we're like too often, and you, Dan, I know you, you resonate with this Is we, we do it in, in talent evaluation. Well, oh, he's a good guy or she's a good guy or he's not a fit. She's not a fit it's not that binary. We can actually make choices around experiences a little bit more sophisticated. So we're trying to do that, but do it quickly. Just like, just like you said.
1: Yeah. So Bill, you said earlier, you're talking about how you, when you made that shift to something that like people know you, but they don't know you for that, right. For Mm -hmm. for your, your pivot. Um, Mm -hmm. when it comes to that thought leadership role to get people to, to know you for that or for what you were known for to be in the beginning of being that firefighter, In today's super noisy world, everything going on around us, how do you develop thought leadership that helps to grow your business or your brand or your reach?
2: Yeah, gosh, I wish I knew. Um, (laughs) We're we're experimenting a lot right now. Um, You know, and it's a challenge in in most content marketing strategies and, and I'll just speak for myself. If we look back and look at the past three years, what was the best blog post I've ever written? it was how to write a holding statement and a holding statement is a pre-prepared document that you use in advance of a crisis. Okay. Number one, how to write a holding statement. I remember writing that saying, this is just crap. I hate this stuff. I hate. So that whole listicle, how to that is what I really, I don't like writing. Um, and I much rather write about bigger thought, bigger ideas. Um, We're writing about an issue right now about uh, what kind of communicator are you warm-blooded or cold-blooded? And so it's, and I'm talking about animals. And so very much a contrast from how to write, how to write a holding statement or the top 10 tips for a, a Tuesday. So, um, I don't know how we're going to make this pivot. I am trying to write more thoughtful content that really speaks to the people, speaks to the human, speaks to the communicator. And I hope it pulls through. Um, We struggle and good marketers, I'm sure you've coached people in this. There's a distinction between what your marketplace wants and what your marketplace needs. I'm leaning in on need. I think this is what they need. You and other smart marketers would probably tell me, well, yeah, that's fun, but you need to give people really what they want. And and I'm fighting that tension right now. So, yeah. I, so I, I don't know how it's going to turn out, um, but I'm committed to writing. Yeah. I'm writing content about what I think people need and we'll see how it works.
1: Yeah. Well, and thanks for the honesty. I mean, that's such yeah. a, a valuable thing to have that transparency of uh, this is what we're doing, but I'm not sure. So um, yeah. so, so test it. Yeah. I mean, right. That's the, that's the thing there. Totally. Test it, to what happens. And Learn fast. And I'm willing learn to learn. We're back to that. I made, yep. You
2: know, if you get, cause I know you, you get some of my stuff. And so if you see me doing listicles or how to, how to, how to write a this or how to do a that, you'll know that I pivoted back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love the big, the big thought stuff. It, it challenges me. Um, yeah. So, so with, with all that in mind, like, where do you see yourself then in three years from now, five years from now, can you even think about 10 years from now? Like how does the future look? Oh yeah. Crystal clear.
2: Yeah. No, no, no. I I mean, I'm real good at that. We have got a crystal, crystal clear. We've got a very clear as a firm. um, We operate under EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System by Gina Wickman. And so that's really foundational for us. So I've got, we've got quarterly rocks, annual, you know, an annual perspective, but then more importantly, we've got a three-year view and a five-year view is that by three years, I want to have built what I call a self-managing company and that we've got leaders that are responsible for different business lines. And I'm casting a vision. I'm doing marketing. I'm, do what I, I'm doing what I do best, which is telling our story. Um, but no, I've got crystal clarity. I know where I'm going to do it. I've got, I'm going to be doing it on a boat somewhere in the Caribbean. Yes. And I'm, so I've got crystal, crystal clarity on that. No, awesome. And there, there's a post-it over that shoulder. There's a whiteboard over there with post-it notes that fully articulate all of that in great
1: detail. Nice. And, and the boat as the inspiration, I can see it over your shoulder too. 100%. <laughs> so then what does success look like in 2021 to get you to that next level?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's, we've got, again, crystal clear financial metrics. So we've got some, we've got a, we're on a, on a, on a doubling. Uh, we got the, we're, we we put a bet on the double line. And so we are, um, we are going to double by next year um we're going to introduce four discrete business lines um different than the one which is crisis response again which what most people know us for we're going to add three other business lines to that um and we're going to get into the online training uh to, to develop some online training courses and some master classes specifically for communicators to make them great um we've got a big sturdy six figure project uh, six-figure offering for big corporations around that transformation journey, that, that cardiac scenario that I was just talking about. Um, and then we're going to do continue to do crisis simulations. We've got four very distinct models. So we've got um, revenue goals for each one of those. We've got outputs marked, marked out for each one of those. Um, and then we will get really clear on growth, probably mid-year but um, we got to figure out how to reverse engineer to a, a double. It's a 2X number okay. over what we did this year. And this is, this will be the best year, best year of the firm. 2020 COVID notwithstanding will be the best year the firm's ever had.
1: Nice. Awesome. So you've got your plan in place, You're ready to execute uh, the leverage to scale community. You can, can get on board, support you with that vision. Uh, kith.co. Uh, anywhere else they can make sure they connect with you, Bill?
2: Yeah. So we're going to stand up. Um, We've got a landing page uh, just for this, for, for, for our conversation. And so it's, you know, kith.co leverage to scale. And we've got some assets and some information talking about who we are, what we're doing specifically for this audience Excellent. to do that. So kith.co is our corporate website. Uh, leverage to scale is a great, way, great place to find it. I'm really active on LinkedIn. I love I love LinkedIn. Microsoft hasn't screwed it up too much yet. <laughs> um, and then Twitter. Uh, we also have pretty active on Twitter. Those are the three best channels, our, our website, Twitter, and uh, LinkedIn.
1: Uh, kith.co slash leverage to scale. Excellent. Bill, it's a pleasure. Always fun to chat with you. Thanks for being on Leverage to Scale, my friend.
2: Yeah, Dan, thank you very much. I love the way you do these. I love what you do. So keep doing it, man.
1: Thanks.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Leverage to Scale show. If you are a purpose-driven business owner or professional who would like to have a global impact by being interviewed on our show, please visit leverage to scale.com forward slash